Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Lockdown Canadians, we are going to be recapping the good, the bad, and the goalies from day two at the NHL draft in Nashville for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to discuss the draft as a whole and then answer some of your listener questions in our Friday mailbag. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 877 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay Guaranteed Fit, available only to U.S. customers Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week here. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. I am also very tired, and I'm joined by my co-host, the actor Stick, also very tired. Laura, it was day two of the draft. It was weird to be polite about it. We are going to dive into the good, the bad, and everything in between in this, but I believe you have something from our comments uh, to share to kick off the episode here. Unusually, the comment that I want to highlight is from YouTube, Um, (laughs) because honestly, I'm just going to straight up say it, there have been like some really inappropriate um, and out there comments in YouTube as of late. In the last couple of days, thankfully, it's mostly been debating the pick, um, so or the or the fifth overall pick. So I'm I'm feeling a little bit better about that. It's it's less of a um, it's less of a terrifying place I don't ever want to go to. So thank you, listeners, for the last couple of days. But I really liked this one, and I'm so sorry because I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce it, but it looks like Kazale. Um, and this is the comment. I was disappointed by the pick. I got over it after 15 seconds. We live in a world where we drafted Reinbacher. Nothing we do or say will change that. So might as well just hope it's one of the universes in which Reinbacher develops to our, into our version of Petrangelo, Yosi, or Seabrook. Let's give him the opportunity to really develop with support from an NHL organization. If I was ready to wait three years for Michkov, why not wait two years for Reinbacher? I think he's playing one more year in Switzerland and I'd like to see him learn the ropes of North American hockey in the AHL a bit like Cider did. He could potentially be a rookie at the same time as Lane Hudson. So this was truly my favorite comment of the last uh, the last couple of days, um, mostly because it's a bit measured. And I don't ever want to be the kind of person who tells people how to be a fan. But if this is ruining your life, like you have to remember that it doesn't actually affect your life in any way. I mean... Scott and I, like this affects our livelihood. If the Habs aren't doing well or doing interesting things, if people are disappointed in the Habs, they don't watch this podcast or, or listen to this podcast and we lose money. And we're being a lot more chill about it than some people who are threatening to jump off cliffs, um, threatening never to, to, to watch this team again. It's your prerogative. Again, I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan, but please do not let, it, let this cause stress in your life. 
You can be disappointed. You can have any opinion you want about this pick. You could think we're wrong. You can think, you know, the, the Habs are wrong. You could think this is the greatest pick ever. You could think that, you know, this guy was, you know, destined to be great. I just think that if it's actually affecting your stress levels, it's a bit much. That's all I'm saying. Please just take it easy. Take a deep breath and be like this commenter. It's done. We accept it. And now we hope for the best. And here's the thing about this is, and I said this on Twitter, and this was kind of my final thought on this for right now. And I know we're going to have more in this show is I don't love the draft. I, I don't. I don't love this as a whole here. There are bits and pieces of this draft that I like. There's a lot of it that I do not. The overarching theme of it is it is not the it is not damaging the rebuild so far beyond repair that you know the rebuild that you're hoping by the time that Mitchkov would have come here three years from now would be finished. And he is a huge bonus to have with that. At this exact moment, David Reinbacher likely advances the Canadians rebuild sooner than Mitchkov would unless they find a way, unless Philadelphia magically finds him a way to come over from Russia sooner. And we're going to talk about this with our good friend Ian Boisvert. Uh Friday night, we're going to do a live show. We're just going to hang out, talk, answer questions, and just kind of talk about the draft. Like we're friends hanging out because that's what we are. I want to talk about the good from day two. I'm going to run down all the Canadians picks here from the draft here. Obviously, fifth overall, David Reinbacher. 69th overall, Jacob Fowler. 101st overall, nice. Uh, 101st overall, Florian Jekai. 110th overall, Bogdan Konyushkov out of the KHL. 128th overall, Quentin Miller from the QMJHL. 133rd overall, Sam Harris from the USHL. 144th overall, Evgeny Volokin out of the KHL. Uh, 165th overall, Philip Eriksson playing out of uh, the Swedish Hockey League. And 197th overall, Luke Middlestat. The biggest thing out of day two here, I love Jacob Fowler as a pick. The Canadians missed out on the a run of goalies. When they traded 37th overall, Trey Augustine went, and Michael Krabbel went, and Adam Gajan went. They all went boom, 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 boom very early on in this draft, in, at, in the early parts of round two. And the Canadians still got a goaltender that goaltending experts liked. And you know what? I liked Fowler's profile a little bit here, too. There were some very rude concerns about his body typing, conditioning, and everything that I won't go into, but... This is a kid who, in his uh, exit interview at the draft here, talked about how pressure is a privilege, and he wants to play under that pressure. Goalies are a separate breed. You are playing in potentially one of the most intense goalie markets in the NHL when you get to that point. I love his attitude with this, and I love that the Canadians took three cracks at goaltenders. Kid going in the NCAA, kid in the CHL, and I'm, I'm calling them kids. I know that they are older teenagers. They are adults and someone in the KHL right now. Three different tiers, different timelines, different paths to see who is coming along here. What if, you know, Volokin here becomes, and if I am mispronouncing this, I am so sorry. I am trying my best. What if he becomes an Igor Shosturkin? Uh, you know, a, a later round pick there that comes out of nowhere. What if Quentin Miller becomes, you know, that player? What if Jacob Fowler hits his potential there and hits his upside because he has high upside? It, it's great. 
And I recommend also checking out Patrick Bexell has some really fun stuff coming on Philip Erickson here uh, in his time in the SHL and the under 20 leagues there. I trust Patrick with this information. I highly recommend you keep an eye on his feed for those things. Um, and at 197th overall, their last pick in the draft, Luke Middlestat is a re-entry in this. He was someone that Scott Wheeler had his eye on. And I, it's someone that I like. They're probably going to go back to college another year because they played USHL. They went to Minnesota this year. They got a good look at him at Minnesota when they were watching other players out that way and watching you know their prospects play against Minnesota and playing for Minnesota and everything. I love that pick. We've seen overage pieces make their name in the Canadian system here repeatedly now. We've seen it with Rafael Harvey Pinard. We've seen it with Xavier Simono now. Jared Davidson's likely to be next on that list. Miguel Torini will be joining the Rocket this season. I I love the idea of Luke Middlestead there. It's not sexy. None of this draft is in in that word is flashy and sexy and sizzle. But it's got a function to it. Loading up on goalies is something the Canadians haven't done. They've always picked one sometime. No, and I don't think they've picked two. It's been one, 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 and there's no depth to it. They have now three prospect goalies in here, plus what they have in the in the professional ranks already. I like that. Plus Emma Croteau, who is still, you know, from the previous draft year. I like that. It's not flashy. It's it's a smart business decision. It's just not flashy. And we are going to get into some of the missed chances. But Laura, before we do, did you have any parting thoughts before we moved on to that? Did the Habs leave any goalies for someone else to take? Uh, the Jets did. And I assume they took that personally. So we're just going to, you know, like sweep them in the playoffs at some point again. Because I think that would be fun. Now I realize why Jets fans are so pressed about the PLD discussions. With it's because Nick Suzuki is Connor Hellebuck's dad and they're just not over it or that their team is on the verge of rebuilding whether they mean it or not. But we will talk about that in the offseason. But we, what we are going to talk about in this episode coming up next is the missed opportunities of the Montreal Canadiens in this draft and why Despite some of the upside, there are still plenty to be concerned about. I And that is all coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by something else that we use every single day here. It is AG1. And I got to be honest here, it's the best way to start your morning. You just put a little scoop right in your glass. You get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics, everything else in there. It starts your day off right, and it's cheaper than paying for the cold brew or coffee somewhere else on your way to work. And great athletes use that because they want to take care of their bodies. So you can do that same thing now and optimize your whole body health. And so, folks, if a comprehensive solution is what you need in your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com com slash nhl network that's drinkag1.com slash nhl network trust me it's the best way to start your morning and you're not going to want to miss out on this we are back here at locked on canadians please make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel we love all of you it's been such a huge growth for us all we are live friday night with our good friend ian boisvert of the build podcast and repeatedly the third co-host of this show in some circumstances. He will be here to join us. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk the draft. 
I might just blather on about professional wrestling because that is the kind of person I am. And quite frankly, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want, right? This is true. And hopefully I will not look like this very much longer. I'm really hoping to get some rest at some point. Uh, but I'm excited to hang out with our listeners on Friday. Uh, and obviously you'll be able to leave us uh, questions in the chat and comments in the chat. And we're really hoping some of your favorites will join us all in the chats as well, because we've invited a lot of people. Everybody's probably still having the time of their life in Nashville. Uh, but you'll probably see some familiar names in the chat itself. Please join us. Please ask questions. We really love doing the live mailbags. Um, and it'll be at 8 p.m. on our YouTube channel. And we have fixed everything. We will have our fancy layouts and everything. We've gotten all of that squared away. It's going to be a good time. And it'll just be nice to unwind a little bit. But now I got to take off my here is my positive forward thinking hat. And I'm going to put on my hater hat here a little bit. I look at this Montreal Canadiens draft class and my first thought is missed opportunities. And I'm going to exclude the Alex Newhook trade from this because I still think they ended up with a good goalie at 69th overall. Nice in Jacob Fowler. And they had an opportunity in that other round to make potentially some skill picks. And the biggest thing here, and I feel bad because this is also a player that I feel like I'm going to defend with my life because of how this has worked out. Florian Jekai at 101st overall is not a pick I would have made if I were the Montreal Canadiens. He was going to go later. He, Someone was going to pick him. Absolutely. I have no doubt of that. But it would have been it, later. <laughs> and that's exactly it. As I look at the Montreal Canadiens and go... This is a kid who was under half a point per game in the OHL this year on a pretty solid Hamilton team as a 19-year-old. He was draft eligible last year and was not picked. I am thrilled for the Jack Eye family. Arbor is so proud. His mother is extremely proud on Twitter. I love this for them, and I cannot wait to see them in the same lineup together this preseason at some point. I think it'll be fun. There were better names available. And it's the story of this Canadian's draft class. At 69th overall, Jacob Fowler was a smart pick. They needed a goaltender. They picked the best one available at that position. They filled need and a BPA at that need. Yeah, they could have taken Jaden Perron, and they probably would have been fine. But as they went on, some of these other names, they loaded up on goalies, which, again, fills a team need but not BPA. They passed on a lot of, and I mean risk. There is risk in a lot of these. A guy like a Matthew Mania, a Joey Willis. Hi, Lauren. Nice to see you. A Some of these other names here that I would have been thrilled had they added them because it's a risk and it's such a counterintuitive thought to last year where Philip Mashar was a risk. Lane Hudson was a risk and he fell into their lap. I thought for sure Jaden Perron would have been like Lane Hudson this year and fallen right into their lap, and everyone would have loved this. It's just a story of, I I don't even want to say playing it safe because they picked a bunch of people that weren't ranked by a lot of sources, and that always scares me a little bit. One, maybe two, okay, fine. Three or four, and I'm starting to go, I, I, I don't know about this. And they, and with, and now to bring back the new hook trade into this, they missed out on guys like, Grayson Sachin, Ethan Gauthier, and et cetera in this. And I'm wondering, would they have been better off with that? And to top it all off, the Predators did allegedly offer Yaroslav Askarov their first-round pick. Plus, 
if the rumor is true, it was 15, 24 and Askarov for fifth overall from the Canadians. If you were intent on drafting goalies, you, I don't get why you wouldn't have taken that. You would have gotten Askarov, who is on the cusp of NHL ready. Two more first round, two first round picks in that. And then you still have the opportunity to draft someone like Jacob Fowler. And maybe some of these other picks become, instead of a goaltender, another skilled defensive prospect or a forward or something like that. It, it's, I'm willing to eat words that, hey, maybe these players develop into something special. Maybe Sam Harris, at, when he goes to Denver, hits that next step. Maybe Luke Middlestat becomes a reliable like third-pairing defenseman. Maybe Florian Jacki becomes a new Michael Pozzetta. Not thrilled that that's what the, one of their picks was on, but I'd like to see that opportunity at least. It feels like a lot of missed chances here, and I'm not super thrilled on that. That's where my disappointment in this draft comes from. It, it's just bo- it's kind of boring and limp a little bit. For me, I wonder if it's organizational philosophy, if there's something up with the scouting, if they're trolling all of us, if they want to be bad for longer. Uh, I just, I found that, you know, one of the things about the Canadians is that they lack really high-end talent in a lot of positions. And their prospect pool looks good, but I just feel like this draft didn't do all that much to add to that. You know what I mean? Like there was just, there's just something, there was just something underwhelming about these picks. And again, nothing against any of these players themselves. Like they've worked really hard to get where they are. They've been drafted by an NHL team. Like they're going to have the benefit of Montreal's development uh, staff and all of that. But I just, I just, you know, you had so many picks and this is what you do with them. You had a high draft pick and this is what you do with it. And so I just feel like they left a lot of better options on the table for other teams to take. And I just have questions. And so a lot of people are like, it's a little bit too early. You know, like it's it's too early to turn your back entirely on this management group, all of that. I'm not, I'm not turning my back or anything. I'm just... And I'm always going to be cautiously optimistic. I'm just seeing that that excitement that I felt after last year's draft is gone. I don't feel that way anymore. Now I'm just kind of like, eh, are the Canadians doomed to mediocrity for another 10 years? It's like I said off the top of the show. I don't think they're doomed for mediocrity. And I don't think that this is setting the rebuild back in any way. The biggest thing is, is what do they do with these contracts that they can, if they can shed them this year with free agency coming up here? A lot of people are like, well, they had a bad trade deadline. Who did, who, they couldn't get rid of pieces at the trade deadline. Teams didn't want Mike Hoffman or Josh Anderson. They didn't want Joel Edmondson, or at least they didn't want to pay the price Kent Hughes was asking. And if we didn't get a good enough return for Joel Edmondson, you'd roast Kent Hughes for that too. It's, Um, yes. Sorry, I was going to just suggest because, Scott, you put it out there to the listeners yesterday on yesterday's episode and you put it out there on Twitter. Uh, But I do want the listeners because I will be doing an episode next week without Scott. (laughs) Um, uh, And I would I would love to read that. I would love to read the answers and sort of talk about them. So what would you what do the Canadians need to do now for those of you who have lost confidence or who are now a little bit disappointed? What do the Canadians need to do or what do you need to see from the Canadians in the next couple of days or months uh, for you to be able to uh, get give them back your vote of confidence? And, tell and, 
and Laura and I talked about this yesterday a little bit here. So, like, I want to see something fun and creative in free agency here. If they can move Joel Edmondson, great. If they can't, he's going to go with the deadline, assuming that he is not injured in any way, shape, or form, knock on wood. I'm not throwing in the towel on this. I can be disappointed in this, but just some of the doom and gloom is too much. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It is also not the end of the world. And for everyone's like, this is the worst traffic they've ever made. Based on the comments we've had hosting this podcast alone, no, no. And we won't go any further into that. I love David Reinbacher as a pick. I I grow giddier and giddier with the expectations of him here. I am begging y'all, do not take it out on him when he doesn't hit your own fan headcanon sort of thing. And we're going to transition here. We have some mailbag questions. We're going to wrap it up. We have plenty more to get into in our live episode. But like I said, it is Friday. That means Friday mailbag, and that's coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. And take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a game. All on that, that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you can get paid out instantly and go spend your money. And there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Major League Baseball and us here at Locked On. And as always, please, please, please bet responsibly and within your means. It is Friday. We are still talking about day two at a very weird NHL. No trades. No trades for this draft anyways. There were two trades. They were cap dumps and nobody cares. Everybody is sad about that. But we are not because we're just too tired to be sad about things. Laura, what do we have in our Friday mailbag today? We're going to try to get to a handful of questions before we wrap up the show. We'll tackle some tomorrow with in our live show and maybe next week if we've got some left over from that too. My mailbag question, this comes from Twitter, uh, sorry, from YouTube, and it's from Connor Kenny. My mail, mailbag question is, what are the Habs' top five highest drafted D-men? Wait, highest drafted D-men? I misunderstood this question. I have to go back and do my research because I thought the question was, who are the top five defensemen in the Habs system? That we can answer. Well, I can think if we're going back in like the modern era here, David Reinbacher is at the top. And then I believe it would be Jared Tenorti, Nathan Beaulieu, Caden Gooley is in there, uh, Logan Mayu, P.K. Subban was at four. Oh, Ryan McDonough is in there. Uh, Yannick Weber was in round three, I believe. Uh, Lane Hudson's in there. I, I would need to go back and actually rank them, but I know in the modern era, since I have been following the Canadians, David Reinbacher is the highest overall in there. And then I believe Ryan McDonough is the next closest one after that. And then I believe it's probably Tenorti, then Gooley, and then Bullyu, uh, and then Logan Mayu in there. Is it if I am just thinking off the top of my head because the Canadians had that weird stretch where they drafted in no man's land between like 
16 and 24 for like six years in a row. And this was totally my bad. I misunderstood the mailbag question, so I didn't go back and do my my homework. Uh, so I will do my homework, and then we will go over it. And my guess is that the listeners asking this question to make a point. Maybe there's going to be, um, maybe there's going to be a lesson learned in 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 that question. Uh, another question from Justin Locke on uh, YouTube. How do you feel about the amount of truly elite talent this team has? I feel like Suzuki and Caulfield are just a little bit below that elite level. It's clear we'll have an amazing defensive core going forward, but I think that is at the cost of having a true elite game breaker. It seems to me like we will be watching a lot of 2-1 losses. So here's my thought is all offense starts in your defensive zone and moving the puck out. And we've seen the Canadians in the past be stuck in that old school mindset of being unable to move the puck out of their zone. Something that Reinbacher and Lane Hudson and Caden Gooley is getting better with. Logan Mayu is working better on that. A guy like Adam Engstrom, even, you know, Arbor Jack guy who likes to be more aggressive. Jordan Harris was a very good first pass and a smart first pass. They're building that from the way out. I do think that, yes, they do need to add another talented top six forward here. I know that they are hoping that that is Alex Newhook and that's great. I think they need to add a little bit more to that. I think Kent Hughes has something cooking. I don't know what it is, but I think he has something else up his sleeve here. And maybe it's next year in the draft. They add, you know, they do nothing but draft forwards after drafting goalies and defensemen this year. And I also think they are betting on Joshua Waugh and Sean Farrell and Riley Kidney and some of these other guys coming up in the system here to step up into those roles. Maybe not this year right away, but in the relative near future. And if they do, great. But if not, they are gambling on their own development and trusting Adam Nicholas. And I think that is that they are putting the right faith in people here. It's just... They, I agree that they are lacking a piece here. I think you're going to be seeing a really positionally sound technical Canadians team. It's not going to be the 2000 Devils boring, but it's probably not going to be the most exciting hockey right away. So we've got time for one quick question and then a final question. Uh, so Jeff the Red asks, what could Carey Price have said on the podium that would have been even funnier? We pick me. <laughs> um, so I think it was our friend Dennis I miss Saku on Twitter who said the Canadians felt so bad for hanging Carey Price out to dry so they did nothing but draft goalies on day two so um, I love it I think the I and the thing is my thought was what if they were gonna say we picked David and then pause and they read the actual pick and it was Mitch Collin I'm like that would feel a little mean uh to David Reinbacher and I would have probably not liked that I would have liked the pick but I would have been like that's a little mean to David Reinbacher but what if they wanted to pick someone else entirely and then Carrie decided it should be David Reinbacher? <laughs> I think Ken Hughes would have been like, well, time to injure. No, actually, that's that. Nope, nope, actually not going to go down there. That's bad juju. Uh, but I, I do think him just saying we're picking me and just walking off the stage while the rest of the team stays up with the rest of like the draft team stays up there would have been very funny and very on brand for Carrie Price's kind of dry humor a bit. Uh, and then two more questions. One is from our good friend Jay Foster of Locked on Blue Jackets. What is your favorite name in this year's draft? 
Uh, it's either Marcel Marcel or Igor Igorov because double names are hilarious. Love that. And then this is extremely topical for you, all you Montreal Canadiens fans. Randy Hansen asks, what is your best go-to for stress relief? Uh, take a hot shower. Honestly, go to the gym or take a hot shower. I got home and I was like, I don't really want to talk about this too much because it's like I'm annoyed by the draft a bit. I'm annoyed by the, everybody. The, 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 I don't want to say narrative. Um, the discourse. That's the word I was looking for. The discourse. I'm like, I'm going to take a hot shower. And then, of course, I fell asleep on our bed upstairs, but that's not important. Take a hot shower. Always. Your muscles will loosen up and you will feel better afterwards. I'm going to go with spa day because that's who I am. Um, and also the other thing I choose is not illegal is not legal in most of the countries that are listening to this podcast. It's legal here though. So you can guess what it is. Uh, I highly, it's maple know. syrup. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, I have lots it com- of maple It comes syrup. from a, I was going to say it comes from a plant. What do you want it me to say? It does come from a plant. But okay, all right. So y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not in any way condoning either way. We are not um, condoning maple syrup usage on this podcast. So. Especially not in the United States, the United Kingdom, anywhere where it's not legal. Uh, but I do tend to, when I'm not recording a podcast, and like I swear to you, I've never done the podcast on maple syrup. But um, <laughs> on nights where I don't have to do the podcast, sometimes when I'm overly stressed out, that's what I turn to. Thanks, Anyways, everybody. we're <laughs> going to wrap. Join us on our Friday episode at 8, 8 p.m. Friday live episode eight. Yes. We're going to wrap this up before our bosses actually get to this point. So (laughs) as always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at the active stick. Follow myself at Scott Mella. Follow us wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get that on YouTube, subscribe. So you do not miss our live episodes or live videos posted at midnight every single night of the week. Laura and I will be back next week with some solo episodes, some free agency talk and more. Folks, we will see you all next time.